started? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So welcome to Something to Do, a podcast devoted exclusively to discussion and devotion of two of our favorite bands, Husker Du and The Replacements. So each episode, we'll be nerding out about all aspects of two of the most influential bands in the pantheon of American rock acts. So I'm Jude, and this is my co-host, Greg. Hey, how's it going, Jude? Good. How are you, Greg? I'm all right. Um, so should we like introduce a little bit about like our backgrounds, maybe? Like, yeah, because I, th- <clears throat> I think that'll I think that'll really kind of play into everything too. Um, I know when my explanations are background, uh, you know, from coming from the hardcore punk rock scene, I think really kind of plays into everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of met like through punk stuff, right? Yeah, uh, this, actually, I want to say this month is 19 years. We met at the um, Equal Vision Records Showcase at the Rotunda. Yep. It was like American Nightmare, Converge. Um, I forget who else played. Probably bands that I wish I would have paid more attention to now and didn't then. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I met you and uh, our our mutual friend now, uh, Ryan. AKA yeah. Fidge. Um, and then you guys, I found out that you guys had a band. Um, you know, you played in a band straight to the point. Mm-hmm. And I was sure. playing in a sure. band called Go Time. And then one thing led to another, and those bands fizzled out. And then we started a band together that lasted, you know, the better part of three years. Yeah, did a couple, couple tours. Yeah, some full. Yeah, we did full U.S. two full U.S. tours. Yeah, East Coast stuff. Um, and again, I think a lot of that informs. I would say, especially on the on the Husker Du side, just because, and we'll get into that later. But you know, their their work ethic and doing everything themselves, and just you know, just playing hard no matter who was there. Um, you know, was definitely like something that was uh, an inspiration. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, you mentioned the Equal Vision Showcase that we met at. So, okay, so my recollection of that day was that we were standing in the American Nightmare merch line and you were wearing, I really can't remember, but I'll bet you that you do remember, either a U2 or an REM t-shirt. Do you have any memory of which one? I want to say it was, this might be a curveball. It might've been a police shirt. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, because I had um, I had an Outlandis Demore shirt. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. <laughs> and I would wear, <laughs> I would wear that. Um, and I, I feel like I had just gotten it around that time. Because I remember um, that's how, like, because I kind of knew you, because your band, like, Go Time, your band was like a little bit bigger than ours. Like, you all had like a seven inch out and stuff like that. So like, and I, I don't think we had ever formally met. And we we're standing in line, and I was like, Yo, like this dude's got an awesome shirt on and I wanted to see what's up. And um, I think that for our listeners, if like, you know, there's one sort of image that perfectly cap, like encapsulates like um, the way that we think about music, it's like wearing a maybe police shirt at an American nightmare show, like in the early 2000s. Right. So exactly. You get like all this huge wide spectrum. Um, But yeah. Yeah. So, um, so super stoked. So we both kind of like met like through the Philadelphia area punk scene um, and been involved in like a bunch of bands. And you did some bands, at least one band after one up, right, Craig? Um, yeah, I mean, we both we both did yeah. a band together. Sure. Um, 
aneurysm rat mm-hmm. uh, where I played guitar. Um, Cause in one up you played guitar and I um, did vocals. And um, you know, then after aneurysm rats uh, didn't really do anything until maybe about six years ago, I joined a band called easy creatures um, that was really fun. And that was way more on the melodic rock, you know, side of, of punk rock yeah. and definitely a lot of, um, you know, influence from like your Bob mold stuff and, 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 you know, replacements and all. Yeah. You guys were awesome too. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, you guys and you like super tight and like awesome, like, uh, melodic, like guitar stuff and like vocals, but like still kind of that, like, you know, urgency and energy, like from the punk scene. It was great. Yeah. I mean, you know, my thing, and it'll be touched on in, in all this too, is like, for me, the stuff, I love that blend of melody and aggression. I feel like I heard that was like lifetimes, you know, MO was like, we want to have melody and aggression. Lifetime who, you know, ended up covering Husker Du. Um, And that's always been the, the type of stuff that I, gravitate to the most is that stuff that's it's got the the bite to it but it has the the melody awesome yeah same same i always think of the like you know the um solo bob mold record beauty and ruin right like i always go for stuff that's sort of just like you know um kind of like moody and edgy but also just like uh, like really catchy and like you know there's a hook to it um which is kind of how you know to segue into one of our later topics, kind of really how I got into Husker Du um, and the replacements in the first place. So one thing we should maybe like really make like really clear for our listeners is that like, I'm not an expert, right? Like um, we certainly know a number of music journalists, right? But like, I I am not one. So um, I say that just to say that like, pretty likely like I might kind of like bungle a thing here or there. And I invite listeners to like participate in this and like, you know, let us know and like share your thoughts through various like social media channels we have for this. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's my thing. We're just, we're just fans. Um, you know, a lot of our, and we'll, you know, a lot of the source material, we'll make sure that we, you know, give credit. Um, you know, we were talking before we went on air about, you know, there's so many great books, um, about both bands. If you're unfamiliar, um, I have to give a specific shout to on the replacements. Well, I'll give one for each on the replacement side, the book uh, trouble boys by Bob Mayer. Um, I think it's just, I mean, just as far as if you're a fan of music, it's just a great, uh, and it's an official um, biography of the replacements. And then Bob Mould's autobiography, um, which is also available on audio book read by Bob Mould. So, but there's also, you know, there's um, Our Band Could Be Your Life and other various books. But, you know, we'll be pulling from that and just a lot of our own thoughts. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, we may get things wrong and that's okay. And, you know, people will either, if someone lets us know, we'll make sure that we correct ourselves on the following episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, Trouble Boys is so good. Actually, you got me my copy of that. Um, I love that book. It's so yeah, well it's done. Cool. And it takes it like, like almost right up to like exactly where 
it could possibly go because they go through those like 2015 reunions, right? Yeah, it goes all the way to the, it goes not only to the reunions, but to the demise of the reunions. Yeah. And then where, uh, you know, where, where it could go after. So yeah, it's a great read. Yeah. Um, and a, definitely a great supplement for anyone that's looking to learn more about uh, the replacements. And, you know, same thing with Mould's book. Uh, Mould's book is, was written, I believe, and came out in 2011. Um, so that, the one thing that's kind of a, a bummer is it, it doesn't, like, Bob, I mean, Bob's been consistently releasing great solo material, but um, it, it only goes up till, to, since it only goes up to, like, 2011, like the anti-records years, there's the whole resurgence of the merge era. Which with, is, that stuff is so good. Right, with, like, you know, Jason Arducci and, um, you know, uh, John Worcester from Superchunk as his band, and they put out, like, four just killer, like, albums back-to-back within a five- or six-year span or something like that. And um, actually, Sunshine Rock, listening to that, was what inspired me to want to do this show because I was like, you know, Bob is consistently releasing great stuff. Like now at that point, that was the 40 year anniversary of Husker Du and he's still putting out just like straight fire. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like I remember when Silver Age like first came out, like I was like, oh, like Bob's not even in the ballpark of screwing around anymore. Like this is very serious. Um, and it's just, it's always so good. Yeah, um, it is. It's it's just consistently, <clears throat> it's consistently um, tight, and he's he's a lot more active than Paul. Yeah, um, and not not so much Tommy. Tommy's got his stuff going. That uh, the Bash and Pop uh, record from a couple years ago is really good, which is awesome. Yeah, um, and you know we'll we'll touch on that. Like I guess to interject too, we'll have like you know it it is a Husker Du replacement centric. Uh, show but there'll be you know there's a lot to that whole universe so we'll definitely talk about the sugar records and the solo records and the the side project records and the you know even like offshoot stuff where it's related like you know have an episode about you know soul asylum they have yeah. a deep connection to Husker Du um, or the Goo Goo Dolls or you know beach slang or a- any of these any of these things um there's the the world is wide open yeah yeah absolutely um so one question that like maybe our listeners might be asking is like why are we doing a podcast exclusively about husker do and the replacements and if you're asking that question in serious then you should um maybe thank your parents for helping raise a well-adjusted person (laughs) (laughs) um but if that question seems totally ridiculous or self-explanatory, then you are our people and we welcome you, our listening audience, to something to do, our podcast. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I had, you know, I did have a friend ask me, well, what's, what do the replacements have to do with Husker Du? And as you'll see when we dissect stuff, there's, a, there's definitely similarities. They're both from, you know, the Minneapolis area, although I believe Husker Du would kind of call themselves a St. Paul band, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
but that whole scene, you know, the, the first Avenue, the entry, um, you know, all that stuff, they came up around the same time. They both signed to major labels around the same time. There's like, there's parallels, but as you'll see, there's so much differences, but it's just the kind of thing where personally I can't pick a favorite. So I just said, may as well do both. Um, and you know, I think the, it'll it'll make sense to people yeah and so um to give our listeners a little more context too like this is a an ongoing uh uh fun conversational game that you and i have had for for a decade at least right it's sort of like which is like your which do you like more and like it always depends on like the day of the week or the mood that we're in yeah Um, another thing too that you know is always like something we talk about regularly and we'll you know a theme that i'm sure we'll show up in future episodes is that um if you just look at like any post 80s rock act you can like just see exactly where intentionally or unintentionally there's an influence of one or both of those bands right so like i mean obviously like you know the sort of um open like you know uh embracement of vulnerability from like in like nirvana right and um, that entire scene in so many ways is like just like uh, uh, taken like right from like, you know, the Matt's kind of like approach to creating music um, or like all of the kind of like DIY like punk stuff that came out after that. Like there's just like everything about it to the fashion, to like the swagger, to like everything. Um, I just see the connections to um you know, to these bands. And I say that, I say that to say that I think that they're just really important bands in a lot of ways that we often recognize and some ways maybe that we don't. Yeah. Agreed. Like, you know, I'm not saying that they invented necessarily having that melody and aggression. I mean, that goes back, you know, with, with punk, I mean, it goes back to the, the 77 stuff, you know, the clash, the Ramones and, um, Buzzcocks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think that they really, you know, those, those early eighties groups, um, a lot of them happen to be on SST, you know, your, your descendants and, uh, Usker do replacements, um, you know, naked Ray gun, all those type. And a lot of them come from the Midwest too. had that kind of sound. The obviously descendants are not from the Midwest, but you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) like that whole like having the melody and the but also that grit Mm -hmm. Um, and then that carried on like you said i mean you can see it in the grunge stuff um you know like you can see it in green day i mean you know billy joe has gone on record as saying that husker do and the replacements like the minneapolis you know they would get pegged as like oh these guys are ripping off descendants and i remember reading interviews and he'd be like i don't listen to descendants i i wanted to be you know the replacements and husker do yeah yeah so like just like so influential in so many ways absolutely so i guess the next part will be and and this will be something we'll you know again touch on later um with the format but i'm going to ask you how did you first get into husker do okay so there was the record store that i would skate to when i was in high school it was called full circle records and it's long defunct but it was a really like 
um, important uh, time and space, like in um, the just kind of my just how I understand music and it being like a participatory thing and like getting to know the people who are um, selling it to you and who are creating it and they would put on shows and like so I would just hang out there all the time um, and I'd finish yeah I'd finish up my day at high school and like you know me and uh, my friends would just skate up to the record store and just hang out there all afternoon and um, so I started like before streaming services were a thing. Um, I started just like, you'd just buy stuff on a record label, right? And I knew SST records, like obviously, like I was into Black Flag at the time. I was probably like, I don't know, at this point, maybe in like 10th grade or something like that, um, maybe 11th grade. Um, and I saw um, Husker Du's new day rising and i was like oh it's on sst like this looks awesome like i've seen this logo before but like i didn't know anything about them um and i took it home and like it actually took me like a little bit of time to kind of adjust like to like figure out what it was they were trying to do because again like you got to bear in mind i was in like 10th or 11th grade and like my framework for thinking about <laughs> what sst records was was like black flag like basically right so i was like expecting this like aggressive like um and what they're doing uh, I, we'll get into this obviously on a future episode on that record in particular is like you know a really amazing groundbreaking combination of to circle back to where we were earlier kind of how we met like two like pretty disparate kinds of sounds right so like you know um to to uh you know parts that are like really like beautiful and melodic and like um you know have like harmonies and like acoustic guitar parts to other fast parts that are just like blistering fast distorted um and like i played that record like a ton when i first got it and then like gradually it started to just like click in my head and like i realized like how genius it was um and then it was like just blew the doors wide open for me but how about you greg your story of getting into Husker Du or the replacements. So I'll, I'll do Husker Du first, then we can we'll circle to the replacements. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, so because they're they're not at the same time for me, at all. Same, same. Yeah, um, yeah. So Husker Du came first. So people of our generation will probably remember the show 120 Minutes on MTV where they would play, you know, for those that aren't familiar, it was like, it was on, I think, Sunday nights at midnight until 2 a.m. It was mm -hmm. 120 minutes long. And they would play all kinds of videos, some newer alternative stuff and some, you know, more punk stuff and the occasional hardcore thing if there was a video. And I used to tape it on, you know, VHS because I couldn't stay up that late. And, you know, at that point, I was into underground stuff. You know, it started with, you know, when I was 10 years old, getting into REM on my own. And then, um, you know, and REM's, you know, they're my favorite, they're my number one favorite band, but there's already a podcast about REM. So. <laughs> a good one, so, too. Yeah, a great one. Uh, so, so we're doing this, but... Um, I, you know, then that brought me to Nirvana and then Nirvana kind of blew open the doors when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. And, you know, I'd remembered 
like I didn't know punk besides from like the TV version of punk. Like to me, Nirvana wasn't punk. I didn't, cause I thought punk was like an old thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think thought it was like, Oh yeah. Like it's a British thing with Mohawks and stuff. So going back to 120 minutes at that point, I was into like black flag and I knew like you like new SST records. And I saw a video for sugar. Um, their new album at the time was file under easy listening and it was for the song, uh, Your Favorite Thing. And that came out in like autumn of 1994. You have such a good memory. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't remember important things, but I can remember this. And um, I was 13. So knowing that they had, I was like, oh, that they said something like, you know, mentioned that it was like Bob Mould from Who's Could Do. And, and like you said, it was before streaming. You couldn't just go on YouTube. And I... Asked my parents for Christmas that year for Sugar File Under Easy Listening and for I just put like any Husker Du album and <laughs> they gave me Sugar and they gave me Candy Apple Gray by Husker Du and you know I enjoyed both but it, like you it wasn't it wasn't like something like it wasn't immediate like I'm not gonna lie and say like I heard Candy Apple Gray and it changed my life like I thought they were you know uh, uh, oh this is a good band it's punk rock i'm getting into punk rock um and then i think after that maybe i got like metal circus on tape and then i got um zen arcade on vinyl and like all these were like good like i was into them but like then i got so into hardcore after that and even though like zen arcade especially like side two is blistering hardcore yeah right but i was more into like you know the straight edge revelation records like that kind of hardcore yeah so who's could do was always something like yeah i like this and then around the time of you know maybe like when i was like in my early 20s i got new day rising and then that was what really so like i took this break where i didn't hear like new day rising or flip your wig and i heard them in my early 20s and then that was it it was it was like game over i was like oh man and i became like a disciple of of Bob Bould and Greg Norton and Grant Hart. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I, it's, I think it's interesting that we both had like, kind of like, you know, interested, but like kind of unclear, like tepid, like it didn't like immediately grab us. So like, obviously we're here like hosting a podcast we created about these two bands exclusively. Um, you know, so they're, they're really important to us, but I think that like those, um, both bands like were doing something like, yeah, just like super, super smart. Um, another thing that like, when you were like outlining, like how you got into each band I, that I just like love from that time period of music is the like mixed media. Like you were like, I had this on cassette and then I had this on LP. I got my copy of new day rising was, um, it was way before the vinyl boom. And it was, so it was an LP. I still have it. It was like, six dollars which like thinking about that in 2020 economic turns is kind of crazy yeah Um, doesn't yours have does yours have an insert yeah yeah because the the newer sst vinyl pressings um i guess to pinch pennies none of them have inserts huh so like i remember and i could be wrong some of our listeners but i remember my zen arcade um since that was a gatefold that never that never had um, an insert. Oh wow! Um, but like the other ones did. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's 
that's like Husker do. Yeah. But then, you know, we'll, and, and like you said, yeah, the reason we're starting the podcast, obviously these groups, I mean, they're in my number two and number three slot and right. it, they flip flop, whichever one it is. <laughs> um, so now how about the replacements? How did you get Gosh. into them? Yeah. So um, as you explained, like we both used to tour in this band together and um, you know, the band kind of ran its natural course, I would say. And by the time that we ended it, it was, I think it was time for us to, to, um, you know, to, to go on our separate ways, but we're still all really good friends. Um, but I was kind of at a, at a phase of rediscovery of music, right? Cause we'd been playing sort of like really kind of like revelation record style, like straight up fast, hardcore. Um, and I was in a different record store, Full Circle had closed at this point. Um, and I saw a copy of Please to Meet Me on CD. I think it was used. Um, and I was just kind of like, oh, I think this is a record I'm like, I should check out, right? Like I knew, I didn't really know anything more than that, right? Um, so I bought a copy of it. And that was one that I was just immediately like, that's like to, to this day, like one of the best opening tracks on any like record at all, I owe you. And it was just like, it hit me at the perfect time in my life. I remember like sticking it in the um, CD player in my Elantra at the time and just like, first of all, like that opening riff and then like the like, just like, you know, like um, kind of middle finger to the air attitude of the, the song itself, want it in writing, I owe you nothing. It was just like, it just like everything clicked into place. And I was like, yo, the replacements are amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's perfect. And the, and that record too, I think has a great, recording you know mm -hmm. and we'll talk mm -hmm. about that on that episode i don't want to yeah. go too deep but it has that um you know the uh the recording they did it in memphis at arden yeah um, with jim dickinson you know who did like all these older like all these older records you know like i think he worked on like some rolling stone stuff he did a big star stuff obviously so yes yeah, it's yeah. great yeah yeah, and I feel like that was a good record for me to get into at the time, too, because um, one of the things I really love about The Replacements is that sometimes their records, like, thinking specifically of, like, um, you know, like, um, uh, you know, kind of some of the middle period stuff, right? Is that, like, it can have a tendency to kind of be, like, on a couple different spectrums at once, right? Like, it can kind of, like, go from, like, um, slow piano ballads to just, like, just like super fast, like kind of snotty stuff. Whereas Please to Meet Me is kind of like a, a little more like, I don't want to say even, but like a little more maybe like kind of consistent in a way. But yeah, there's, there's like something like Hootenanny would right. probably not, I love that record, but it's not a, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that as an entry point. Like, yeah, yeah. you've got like within your reach and you've got, um, uh, um, color me impressed, mm -hmm. but like, then you also have like the title track, and you have stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and and how about your segue into the replacements, Craig? So replacements, I'd always you know I knew the name, I knew Paul Westerberg. Like I remember, like oh, that's the guy from the singles soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> and but like they they didn't have the affiliation with like the diy the hardcore stuff 
So I just kind of was like, oh, it's probably just like college rock, whatever. Like it wasn't really on my radar at all. And I think the thing with Husker Du is they came from SST, which like we talked about, like I was into Black Flag and Descendants and Bad Brains and, you know, Sonic Youth, all the SST bands, not all of them, but you know, there was tons of SST bands. Twin Tone, I was like, oh, they put out the Ween album that I have. Like that was <laughs> it. So like, it, I didn't really see, I didn't really see the importance at the time, you know, call it being young. And then in when they did that big reissue campaign, so this is when I still bought CDs. Um, Sire or whatever the label was, uh, you know, Warner did those reissues of their catalog. And, you know, at that point, again, it was before streaming. And I saw Let It Be, I had a gift card and I saw Let It Be and Tim. And I was like, this was like, you know, end of 2008 and I was like I should probably you know I feel like I should give these a shot and I got both and I love you know one of the things about you know on vinyl I always want to have the originals but CDs I liked the reissues a lot of times because they'd have these you know the big booklets with all this information and I got those and same as you like they resonated immediately like and I literally think within a couple, cause I, I wasn't a downloading guy even then. Like I had to own it if I loved it. And I think within a few weeks I had all the CDs. Like I went maybe a week later and got like, you know, Hootenet. like I think I, I think I literally went like outward. Like I had let it be in Tim. And then I got the album after Tim and the album before let it be. Yeah. And then, you know, worked my way back. And I want to say that like, that's the last band that had a profound impact on me like that. Because after that, you know, now the way we consume music is different. And I feel like that was the last group where it was like, I had to actually buy the music and sit and read the, the, uh, you know, the booklet along with it and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just, you know, spiraled out of control and I became like obsessed <laughs> and I had to read anything about them and, you know, watch any videos. And, um, you know, we finally got to see them, which I never I thought would happen. Yeah. So, yeah, they, that was, Husker was like a, a slow burn and replacements was like right out the gate. I was like, I, I knew, I was like, yeah, oh, this is it. This Where is have you been all my life? Like, why? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, we, we should eventually talk about that show, but um, that like 2015 reunion show was like easily like top three like live musical performances for me. Oh, same. I remember us saying literally like, I can't believe we're here watching this. I know. Because you never thought, you know, we just didn't think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it, but I didn't think that Paul would ever do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was amazing. So maybe we should talk a little bit about some of the various structures um, for the episodes that, um, that we'll be doing. Um, yeah, it sounds good. Cool. So the one structure is like, um, we're going to do a sort of like, um, one where we pick an album and then we discuss it, right? So we'll talk a little bit about the creation. We'll talk a little bit about the impact, maybe some of the recording that went into it. Um, and some of our primary uh, source 
sources of information, obviously, are going to be some of the books that we referenced earlier, right? Like Bob Mould's um, co-authored book with Michael Azarad, um, or um, Trouble Boys, Our Band Could Be Your Life, obviously has a lot of context about that entire scene that both bands were a part of. Um, and then we're going to talk some about the impact. Um, and uh, uh, we're going to argue a little bit about like what's the best part of each of the albums. Um, and each of us will be choosing a top track from each band, right, for each album. Um, so for replacement stuff, um, we'll be picking a favorite track from, from every album. And seems appropriate for the Hooskers stuff, um, we'll be picking a top Grant song and a top Bob song. Um, and we'll both be picking different ones and sort of have some discussion and deliberation about what makes that the top songs on the album. Um, we're also gonna be uh, curating um, Spotify and Apple Music playlists um, for, uh, that correspond to each of the episodes. Did you wanna say a little bit about that, Greg? Yeah, so I just figured we'll, we'll, make, we'll make a playlist on, on both of those streaming formats for people that um, you know, can just check out um, and you can just play it on shuffle while, you know, and eventually it's gonna build up you know, in the beginning, it's only going to be a little bit, but, you know, we did talk about how for the Hooskers, we will pick, um, you know, a Grant and a Bob song just because, um, you know, they both deserve mentioning, um, you know, Bob, of course, you know, still has his solo career that's going now. And, you know, unfortunately, Grant Hart uh, is no longer with us, but he was still doing uh, music up until, up until his untimely passing uh, a couple of years ago, so you know we want to we want to honor um, we want to honor both of them, and then you know replacements will pick um, you know tracks as well, um, you know just kind of to keep it fun, but also because we're not going to be um, for just various reasons we're not going to be playing uh, music on this podcast. Um, Luckily, in the case of these bands, the music is widely available at various different, like, legal channels. You can still buy, you know, you can stream, you can buy on, you know, whatever, wherever you buy MP3s. You can buy, you know, uh, both SST and uh, Warner Brothers have all the albums by both bands in print. So we're not going to, you know, have to be doing that and playing it because... The stuff we reference, you know, the, the playlist will help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another one of the episode structures that we're going to have is we'll be having some guests occasionally. So some of the guests our listening audience might be familiar with. Um, some of them might be folks we are, uh, our listening audience isn't familiar with, right? Um, so some kind of, uh, some names you might recognize, maybe from like music um, and other um, cultural channels um and some others that are just you know folks that greg and i are just good friends with and think would be awesome to have on um where they'll talk about their relationship to the bands maybe pick a favorite album or a favorite song talk a little bit about how they got into them and we have some some pretty cool and i think unique ones already lined up that i'm super excited about um did you want to say any more about the guest episodes greg um just that you know, our, the format that we're going for is hopefully like once I would like to say it won't be every, you know, the episodes will be based on different records and then maybe once a month 
there'll be a guest. Um, and the way that we discuss the albums, because there's two bands plus all the, it's not going to be in any linear fashion. Mm, yeah. um, and, and at the end of the episode, we'll tell you the first album that we're going to um, start with. But so it's not, it's we're, we're going to mix it up. So there's, there'll always be some surprises. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Another um, format we'll be doing is going to be one that we're calling my first time. Um, so where uh, Gregor, I pick someone who's not really familiar with Husker Du or the replacements, um, or maybe a particular album, right? Like maybe they know like Let It Be or Tim or something like that, but like don't really know like Hootenanny or whatever, right? That, that one just never kind of fell in their radar. Um, and we have them listen to it for the first time and then share their thoughts, opinions, feelings, things they like, things they don't like, things they're just like, kind of like, huh, why did they write a song about Gary getting a boner? What's going on here? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then that'll, that'll be fun too, because, you know, in the, from, like we said, we come from the hardcore punk scene and they're, both bands aren't necessarily like, considered i don't want to say they're not considered essential but they're not like from where we came from it was like they weren't like you know everybody had to know minor threat but right. not everybody necessarily needed to know who these bands were and i think you know i proved that with how long it took me to get into the replacements you know being in my mid to late 20s by the time i did yeah yeah same like if you didn't have black flags first four years or like judges bringing it down like you had missed something right but like you know it that was sort of how we ended up getting into who's going do in the replacements was um kind of coming to it on our own a little bit more because it was less like and I, I feel like it's you know maybe one of the reasons that it's really stuck with me a lot personally as a listener was that it um was something that you know i i, I really came to uh not because i felt like i was obligated to but because the music and the message and the um, everything about it uh, just, you know, really, really resonated with me. Yeah, same, same, especially, uh, you know, because both are, they're essential in one sense with like, you know, even like the magazine that like you'd see in like Rolling Stone or Spin, mm -hmm. you know, and they'd say like essential, you know, punk rock albums and you'd always see, you know, Zen Arcade and you'd see Let It Be. But like you said, where we came from, that wasn't necessarily like we weren't we weren't going to shows or playing shows and having bands cover, you know, kids don't follow or whatever. Right, right. Um, exactly. So, yeah, it was something that was pretty organic for us to, you know, get into our own and discuss. And I just think there's the, the influence and the the lasting power of both is why we can talk about these groups that, you know, I mean, replacements reunited, but like they ended, you know, 30 years ago now. I think the mm -hmm. replacements lasted longer than Husker Du. They played their last show, you know, July 4th. I think they played that big show in Chicago at, in 1991. Mm -hmm. So that's like almost 30 years ago. And we're still, you know, we're still talking about them and seeing their influence. And it's been great. Like since we announced the podcast, I've had so many people come out and be like, oh my God, I love both too. And yeah. um, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I hope I'm people enjoy. Yeah. So those are the basic formats for the, for the episodes we're going to be um, 
we're going to be doing for you folks. Um, I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, so I want to thank everybody for listening and everybody for checking out. And as far as um, our social media presence, we do have an Instagram so that we can keep people updated. Um, and that is at something to do, D-U, uh, something with no G, uh, podcast. And the email is the same, something to do podcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments or questions or people you want to see on the show, or if you want to come on the show, um, send an email and we'll work it out. So, you know, we're, we're really looking forward um, to you joining us on our future explorations of, of this essential Midwestern punk rock. Um, so next time uh, the episode, the first album we're going to be discussing is Husker Du's 1986 Warner Brothers uh, debut, Candy Apple Gray. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, folks. Take care. Have a good one. Man, so we watched that. Uh,